Welcome to Rap Stories, a show where I get the background on some of my favorite albums of all time by the artists who made them. I'm your host, David Dennis Jr., and today I'm joined by multi-platinum selling artist Ja Rule to discuss his album, Rule 336. Typical day in the life of 14-year-old David Dennis Jr. back in 2000 went a little something like this. Wake up, go to school, come home, watch an episode of Dragon Ball Z, eat a little Hot Pocket, then watch 106 in Park and see which music videos crack the top 10 most requested. Which means I'd probably be watching the Ja Rule video. At that time, he always landed in the number one spot. After all, Put It On Me with Lil Mo and Vita was the biggest single from Ja's sophomore album, Rule 336. It stayed at number one on 106 in Park for 60 days straight. In fact, it was the first video that had to be retired. Before Put It On Me had its run, it was Between Me and You with Christina Milian that gave Ja Rule's first major crossover hit earlier that year. Both of those tracks were standout radio hits from Rule 336. To me, it's truly the gold standard of a Ja Rule album. I'd been a fan of Ja since his debut album, Vinny Vettavici, which dropped a year earlier. That album was a gritty, gangster rap album that, yes, had the hit single Holla Holla, but never really diverged too far from the streets. Rule 336, though, birthed a global superstar. The aforementioned hits put Ja in another stratosphere that lasted for years and created a supernova, the likes of which we have rarely seen in hip-hop before. But what I love about 336 even more is that it's the perfect blend of a guy figuring out how to make radio hits while simultaneously balancing those hardcore lyrics. What would I be without my baby? Yeah, I was in front of my TV singing along to put it on me, but it was tracks like Six Feet Underground, my second favorite Ja Rule song of all time, more on that later, that I fell in love with and find myself running back to even to this day. Playing the tracks again brings me back to sitting on my mom's couch in Mississippi, eating that damn Hot Pocket, imagining what these tracks would sound like in the club before I would ever experience it. More than together. Inseparable, you chose pain over pleasure. For that, you forever be a part of me. Mind, body, and soul. Ain't no I in we, baby. See, I remember when y'all fronted on Ja Rule, acting like y'all weren't waiting for Free and AJ to announce he hit that number one spot for the song of the day. Like you weren't out there singing your heart out to his hits. But all that pretending went out the window when Ja reminded y'all 18 months ago that he wasn't to be played with during his verses against Fat Joe. For that performance, we were all teenagers again, reminded of one of the great hit-making runs of our lifetime. And that run started with Rule 336, an album that announced Ja Rule as a staple on the Billboard charts, radio stations, and karaoke machines across the world. But best of all, this album made me team Ja Rule even to this day. And here with me to discuss this triple platinum behemoth of an album 
an MC that reached heights only a few would ever know, a man who defined what radio would sound like in the 21st century, and a damn good rapper in his own right, the one and only Ja Rule. Hey, David, do I have to do the interview after that? I mean, uh, <laughs> you didn't set it off. We're going to start with some deep cuts. I know I said Six Feet Underground was my second favorite Ja Rule song of all time. Number one is actually from Vinny Vettavici. It's a super deep cut. Can you read my mind and guess what you think it would be? It's a super deep cut from Vinny Vettavici. I don't know if it's anybody else's favorite Ja Rule song. Um, Suicide Freestyle, maybe? Yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yo, we didn't discuss that either before. We did not. We, didn't discuss we, did. That. we did not. Is that something you get a lot? Do people... No, that's just one of my favorites too, man. Like off that album. Um, it was one of those records that I, I made it. I was like, damn, I should have made it longer. <laughs> right, right. It was such a good vibe, such a good groove. And I think lyrically and flow-wise, it really showcased my talent on that record in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree. I do agree with two things. I, I wish it had three verses to it. Yeah. But also, I think it's one of those tracks that was like, Ja Rule is radio and all that, but the brother can rap. And you were absolutely flowing on that track. And it's one, I think, that ages tremendously well because I still listen to it. Love that record, man. Love that record. Absolute classic record. When I was a kid, I was like, man, one day Ja Rule's going to do a comedy at a Ja Rule concert. He's going to sing do Suicide Freestyle. And I'm going to go up there and I'm going to rap with Ja Rule and do that. <laughs> that was just like the hottest song to me. You might have to check that out, man. I'm going to do a, a Vibes concert with Rule 336 album. Okay. And and that's what I do at my Vibes concert. You do the whole album, you know, with live band and stuff. So uh-huh. and that'll, that'll be fun for me to be able to do a Suicide Freestyle. I never really get to perform that record. Gotcha. Okay. Rule 336, when was the last time you listened to the album in full? Not too long ago, because like I said, I've been um, thinking about doing Rule 336 and Vinny um as, as Bob's concerts. So I've been kind of listening to the records, you know, really listening to the the deep album cuts, like you said, that that I don't get to perform. Some of them I've never performed. So, you know, I kind of got to, you know, learn some of them joints again. But I'm, I'm pretty good with all my lyrics. I'm, I'm not, you know, one of those uh, artists that, forget his lyrics what does this sort of bring up in you to, to listen to it again you know it's crazy it, it brings back you know those at the time of when i was making those records what i was going through um that's the best part about creating these projects is the journey you know what you go through making the albums you know what, what mind state what mental state were you in you know creating these records um what did you say i was going through a lot man i was under a lot of pressure um with this album you know, um, the whole sophomore jinx, you know, uh, <laughs> pressure that they put on you for your second album. Um, and with that pressure, I was adding my own pressure, you know, just by really changing my, my whole style. That album was very different from uh, Rule 336. I mean, excuse me, from Vinny Vedivici. And, um, you know, when I delivered that album, the, the label... Needless to say, they wasn't too fond of the, the new sound, the new Ja Rule sound. <laughs> Vinny Vettavici is very, like, I mean, it's hardcore rap. You're in this gritty bag. So what happens that first moment you hop in that studio and you start singing? Like, paint that picture for me. I, you know, it's crazy because as an honest, you want to be honest and true to your art as, as much as you can be. And with my first album, I, I cherish that album a lot because it was my whole life up until that moment. Right. That's who I was as a person up until that moment. You know, that's all I knew was was the, the radius of Hollis Queens and 
you know, Jamaica, Queens, and, and Southside, Jamaica. That's what I knew. I didn't know anything really outside of that. So those stories that you hear on that album, on the first album, that's my whole life in that. You know, issues with my my, my dad and, and, you know, how I love my mom and I'm having my, you know, my, my firstborn, you know. And so that album took on such a, a therapeutic thing in my life. My second album, I didn't want it to, I didn't want it to be falsified. I didn't want it to feel not authentic to what I was doing now. And I know it was just a year later. Right. But in that year, I had experienced things that I've never experienced, seen things I've never seen. You know, I had fucking bought a mansion in, uh, in, in, in L.A., out in um, Hollywood Hills. It was the most ghetto mansion you ever want to see in your life. <laughs> Just to tell you how beautiful the house was, Bruce Willis bought that house after I got wow. rid of it. Wow, okay. Just to show you the, 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 how beautiful of a house it was. But what we did to it, it was ridiculous. Like, I had rental center furniture there. It was just, it was my first time ever living, ever seeing anything beyond my block. And so I wanted the music to reflect that, too. I wanted people to feel that ride with me. You know, I wanted to be honest in my music. And 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 so, you know, we as I'm going into the studio every night after, you know, days of being at the pool in the crib and, you know, at the barbecue and going to Laker games and sitting at, at the floor watching Iverson step over Ty Lue and, you know, my whole life is completely different. I'm living it up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the vibe of those type of records started to come from. It was just different. And, and the melodic flow of it all, you know, it, it's so crazy because everybody thinks it was something that I, I kind of did with a conscious in mind, like, you know, this is what I want to do. It, it really was just organic. And that's how I created music off of those vibrations. Um, that's how I make all my music, all my albums. You know, it, it comes off what I feel. Each night is different. Each song is different. And, and that's what it was with, with 336. It was just a whole different time for me. What was motivating you? I mean, is it like competition with other rappers? Like, what is it that makes you that hungry for, you know, that level of, like, even more success for a second album? I, I didn't feel like I succeeded with my first album. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm in between two juggernauts. You know, X and J, those are my brothers. And they're doing, you know, orca numbers. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. X is selling three million a clip and shit. And, and J, you know, he just went four million with, with the Hard Knock Life album. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm over here selling my measly one and a half, two million. <laughs> <laughs> Struggling. <laughs> That's how Leo liked to play it, too. He liked to play us against each other. He knew we were all very competitive. We all wanted to be the best. And so he would, you know, he'd drop in in the Murder, Inc. offices and, and, and you know, and, you know, Jay just went in and started working <laughs> on his new project. And, you know, X album is finished. We're about to drop that, you know, and that would just, be like, oh, okay, I can't let these guys outwork me, you know, and 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 you know, all all of those things were part of what was going on in that moment, and I think we were all feeling that. Like, I'm not gonna let him outwork, I'm not gonna let this guy outwork, and so it became that that real competitive edge. And as I became more of their peer and more of their competition, you know, it really got fun after that. <laughs> So yeah, how does that dynamic sort of change? Like, you know, Vinny Vettavici, it's three of y'all on the, on the record together, and Ja Rule is like, you know, little bro a little bit. I felt like I felt that a little bit. I felt the mood of what we were doing change a little bit. It was more like, you know, Rough Rider DMX, Rockefeller Jay-Z, Murder Inc. Ja Rule. 
you know, and 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 that was fine. You know, um, we were all, you know, making our bones in in, in our own way and, and pushing hip hop forward in, in an amazing way, you know. But for me, it was such a tell all time for me because, like I said, I'm in the middle of these guys. Jay is selling records at, at a high clip, and he's you know he's got like that persona of of you know floss and and, and money and, and that was his thing and you know a lot of hip hop artists were trying to emulate that you know and then X was the grimiest street artist you you wanted to see and he embodied that it was you know it felt it was so authentic you know you know so he had that locked up I'm somewhere in the middle because you know I'm from Hollis Queens and and I'm very much a, a street dude. But I, you know, us Queens niggas, we 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 like to find the things in life too. Right. Uh, uh. <laughs> and so I was somewhere in between that, and and you know, um, I landed right there in the middle on on making those those records for the women, you know, where where nobody was was tackling that, you know. Right. And so that became my thing because, you know, I was always you know cool with the ladies, you know, ladies, ladies, ladies love rule. <laughs> <laughs> So we, that was fun for me. That was that was it, was it was perfect. It was like the perfect thing for me to, you know, a, attack. And, and that was a conscious decision. You know, what were the homies thinking? Like, you know, what I'm saying? like, what were your friends who know you a certain way? You know, that's the best part of this conversation that I like to have, because, you know, I, listen, I, you know, I'm affiliated with, with some of the most notorious street dudes that right. walk the face of this earth, you know, and. And and they were all about getting money, but getting chicks and 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 being with you know so that was their shit, right? Okay. And so I and, and I never understood why hip hop didn't like why it had to be such a tough thing, like right, like right. like you know bitches ain't shit and fuck bitches and this. But I, I didn't get that. I was like nah, because I'm with the real 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 street, you know niggas, and that ain't how they vibe. They got a lot of respect for the ladies. You know what I'm saying, and 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 they love women, and it's a whole different vibe. And so, I'm just—you got to understand—I'm still young and impressionable. I'm learning from Cream and and Black Just and and and, and all of these dudes, and I'm seeing that, and I'm like, yo, it's cool to love chicks. It's cool. It's fly. It's it's gangster even, right. you know. And so I never felt out of place making those records. I felt like this was the new wave, and this is how you know we should approach this as real real men, as real niggas. We should approach. You know the way I'm approaching this, and and love our women, and respect our women, give them love, show them love, and and I think it started a new way, you know, in in hip hop that that and the likes that we've never seen, you know, um, you know, of course we've had our ode to the women before, you know, LL with Ali Love, and you know, um, Method Man, you know, we all I need, and you know, we go we go back to to Curtis Blow and 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 uh, uh um. What's my what's my what's a, a dream um uh, daydream yeah uh, uh, you know that that was the first hip hop record ever sang in total in, in its totality by hip hop artists so we can go back and and and, and see the history of it it's it, it's always been there but I think I, I you know I made it my own and made it sexy and made it cool you know for artists to do that and not be looked at as lame even though you know you know, certain artists came out taking shots at me for it being lame and then turned around and did the and same, did the shit. same so, thing. Right. Yeah. So, so it really showed that the proof was in the pudding that this ain't nothing lame about, you know, getting with the chicks and, 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 and you know, showing your love for the lady. Ain't nothing lame about that. The hip hop and R&B 
connection had always been there, but it was usually 16 bars, hook, 16 bars, hook. Absolutely. You were singing over with the R&B artists at the time. Like, when did you realize that your voice paired so well with these singers? Kind of early. After listening to like Holla Holla on the radio, you know, how aggressive my voice came across over the airwaves. I thought, and this is crazy, this is going to be my first time I'm ever saying this, but I thought that the reason why maybe I didn't have another hit off of that album was because I sounded too aggressive over the airwaves. And then I felt like maybe they didn't want to play a voice that had sounded that aggressive over daytime radio. So I said, you know what, maybe if I... Give it that yin and yang. Put a female voice that's a little bit lighter, you know, a little prettier on on it with my gruff voice. Maybe that'll, you know, even it out and it, it wouldn't sound so aggressive. And, and and it gave it a nice texture, I feel. Like, you know, I, I, I think those records, you know, that that was an accident, I, you know, that how that happened and how it came about. But once I realized that, yo, this really does sound good, you know, my voice with, them, with these female voices, I made it my thing. What do you mean it was an accident? What do you mean? It was it was kind of an accident how I realized and noticed that, yeah, I really do sound good with these female voices. You know, like, that was a, a internal thing that I felt. But once I started doing the records with the females, I realized it, this actually does feel good. You know what I mean? Talk about figuring out that formula, because it feels like Rule 336 comes out and you're, like, just automatic. I, I liken it to, like, a an athlete in his prime, when you go out on the court, you know you're going to drop 40 no matter what. How did you come about that formula, especially during this album? You know, I don't like to look at it or call it a formula. I just feel like certain records and certain collaborations connect. That they, just, they just have a chemistry and they feel real good. Me and Jennifer felt real good on records. Me and Ashanti felt real good on records. Me and Lil Mo felt real good on records. The chemistry with those females was very different. That's why we have multiple records together because I really always felt the chemistry with, with those three different. I guess, you know, formula has a connotation, but I guess, did it ever feel easy? Did it ever feel like you could just do whenever you want to? Not necessarily. After my first album, I made Rule 336. After the Rule 336, I felt like I knew what I was doing in the studio. I felt like I knew how to make records. I knew how to make good records, you know, hooks, you know, um, uh, bridges, you know, the cadences and, 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 you know, Oasis, you know, like I, I really started to, to, to study music there, you know, music, uh, uh, different. And so, you know, music theory. And so that, that, that became more of a, uh, a challenge for me, but but a great challenge because I I started to recognize what I was doing. I started to understand what I was doing. Like if I made you know a slower record during the winter time, I, you know people like to listen to slower music during that time. You, you know you make up more up tempo records during summertime. People just don't even realize that that's just what they want. I started to understand those things after my second album. I want to definitely before we get into some segments and some deep cuts to really sort of shine a light on these women collaborators, the Lil Mo's, the Christina Milian, the people that you've done, especially on this album, and talk about their importance to sort of shaping the Ja Rule um, superstardom and, and legacy. I mean, all those women were amazing. Um, you know, it's so crazy because I see, you know, um, voices over tracks, like, it's like other instruments to me, you know? Um, and so as I'm writing 
these these records and these hooks, I hear them. I hear Ashanti on it. You know, I hear Little Mo. I hear, you know, Christina Young. I hear, you know, Jennifer. I hear Mary. And so that's the other beauty of what I got to do and why these duets came out differently. You know, records like Mesmerize, Rainy Days, you know, I'm Real. Because I wrote all of those records and wrote the whole, the record in its, in its entirety, I, I, you know, I interjected myself a little more than, than probably I should have. But, but that's what made it an actual duet because now I'm on the hook with them too. You know, we're going back and forth on the verses. You know, they have a verse, I have a verse. You know, it was different. It, it, it was a different type of um, uh, mesh, you know, between the two, a different type of collaboration between the two. Obviously, triple platinum, number one on uh, Billboard 200. Videos, number one on 106 Park. Put it on me, it was the number one video on the BET countdown that year. I was the first video ever retired. On 106 and Park, they, they, they created the whole retire system because of Put It On. <laughs> right. I think I think Put It On Me would still be number one on 106. Like <laughs> people don't like people do not understand. Like it was like every day. You know what I'm saying? Like to come to be there at the same time every day. And yeah. it was like the news. News comes on at six. Put It On Me comes on yeah. at five fifty five, and then we listen to that every single day. Like it was an institution. It was a great great time for music. You know what I mean? As I mentioned, we, we focus a lot on the hits, but the deep cuts, I think, round out the album. And I think a lot of the deep cuts, you know, would have been radio hits on their own. Like they were, you know, it was just hits top to bottom. Like I think about Ecstasy. So you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think Rule 336 is the definitive Ja Rule album from top to bottom. What, what do you think? I could go with that. You know, um, I, <laughs> okay. I, my, first, my first three albums, I think, uh, is my best body of work. Um, but then it's so crazy because you know, somebody hit me the other day and it was like, yo, man, go listen to R-U-L-E, man. Like, uh-huh. that uh-huh. album should have been, you know, and 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 it's like, you know, I, you know, I started going through the beefs and stuff. And so, you know, maybe I felt like some of the music wasn't received the same way. Was received, mm-hmm. But it's, it's fine. You know, it's like when I do these records now, people don't realize when the beef started. When the, they right. just realize that, you know what, I really did like that record. I, I didn't want to seem like a Ja Rule fan at that time, but I was listening to those records and it comes out when I'm doing these concerts and um, and I, I know the timelines. And so I'm like, wow, this record didn't feel this big then that it feels right now when I perform it. And, and you know, I'm happy about that. It's all good. I mean, I think perfect example is one with Bobby Brown. Oh, well, for sure. There's so many records like, like that one. You know, um, wonderful New York. All those records were made. You know, after in the in the in the time of it, and clap back. When I do these records at shows, they ring off like they didn't before, and and it just it goes to show that people were listening, and and you know maybe they were a little afraid to step out and be, you know, the 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 person that was the Jaru fan when it wasn't cool to be a Jaru fan. And, you know, I say it all the time. You got to be a leader, man. You got to be a leader in this world. You know, you can't let people tell you what to like, who to like, or none of that. You know, um, you got to, you got to, um, you got to stand on what you stand on. I mean, you know, maybe the biggest verses that they had was obviously Locks and Dipset, and people forget the biggest moment was a Ja Rule song. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to my brother Kiss, man, and the Locks. That, that moment was amazing. 
I remember, yo, it's so crazy. I'm sitting, I'm at my 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 brother Herb's house, and it was during uh he was having like a, a birthday party, and there was a lot of people over there, and they were putting up on the board who's gonna win and this, that, and third. And there was a lot of dipset on that board. <laughs> but um I remember Dipset throwing on their very their New York song. And I was just sitting there, sitting in the back, you know, watching them like, do it, Jada. Just do it, Jada. And it brought the house down like I like I felt it would if he because I was just sitting there thinking, like, you gotta do it. If you do it, it's gonna destroy. And he did it. So I was, you know, I was happy that he did it. <laughs> I think maybe the most impressive accolade that came out of not just came out of this album, but like was part of it, put it on me was about your wife. And yeah. you guys have been married. 20, 20 years, 21 years, 22 years now, 22 years. And we got to talk about that. You know, that's rare in the industry, high school sweetheart. We need secrets for the 20 year marriage. Is it just, I got to make a number one hit song every time. You know, I, the love was there. Then the friendship grew over the years so deeply. And and it's like, this is my best friend and my lover. And it's like that. Those two, those combinations of those two things are special. Because, you know, I want to do things with my wife. I want to, you know, take my wife with me on vacations and be with her and take her on trips with me. And, you know, I want her by my side. Even just going out outside to run errands. She, come on, baby, let's, let's go ride. Let's go run, you know, and we'll go do lunch. And we'll go do, you know, it, it's, the, it's the time you spend, you know, with your significant other that counts. You, you got to make those moments count. But I think the most important thing for me and my wife's relationship and I learned it early on um, when I was living this great life, you know, and, um, you know, my wife, she got three kids, you know, so she's at home a lot with the kids. And what I started to realize is what was straining our marriage at that time was the fact that we both come from Hollis Queens. We both come from the bottom. We both come from the hood. And, you know, this whole big moment is happening for me. And she's not really a part of it. She's not feeling like she knows she goes to the awards with me. And she goes, but she's not, she's feeling like she's really a part of what's all going on because she's not making the trip. She's not out on the road. You know, she's home taking care of the house. And, and when I realized that, that that was the key to our relationship, to, to, to keep it growing healthy and strong, what's for her to be with me, to feel it, to be a part of my life, not just be the wife of Jaru, but actually be a part of this whole thing and be with me and feel it and experience it. And, and, and once I started doing that and then she became more part of everything and coming with me and feeling it and experiencing it, a lot of, a lot of our arguments and stuff stopped and then the relationship started to change. What was the actual moment where you were like, I want to make this song about my wife. How did put it on, we come together? You know, man, I was out in LA and, and you know, when you're young and you're stupid and you you know you, you don't you you don't think about not you know those days you don't call home for a couple of days you don't those things don't register as you know this person's worried about you not not just you know thinking you're doing some 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 foul shit you know but genuinely worried you, you know about you I'm not thinking in these things and taking these things for granted you know but you learn you, you learn as you get older I'm, you know all this shit was new to me too. You know, I ain't never been away from home like that. Never had a girlfriend and a woman to care about like that and to be calling home and making sure she's okay and making sure that... And now it was my first time walking this dog. You know what I'm saying? So 
I had a lot of learning to do and and thank God she was um you know willing to to let me learn a little bit, let me become a man, you know, and grow, you know, and and I I think I think I did a pretty good job. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. What is the most memorable moment you can recall in the studio making this album? Uh, this this album was, was was crazy, man. It was a roller coaster. Was, to be honest with you, I was getting very high during this album, and so a lot of those nights I, I, were blackout nights. I don't remember. I don't recall. It's like really, really rock and roll, rock star shit. There was days I woke up in the morning and listened to records like I made that last night. How? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is just so crazy, man, how I was able to even function and move and get things done. I mean, I used to drink a whole bottle of Remy Martin to the face. So, you know, I remember the first photo shoot I ever did for Def Jam. Um, DZ Graham, bless her heart. She she got the uh, the impossible job of, of caring after my photo shoot, making sure everything, you know, got done. And so, you know, they try to oblige the artist. They ask, they say, uh, they ask me, say, what does y'all like to drink? So I like to drink Hennessy. Okay. So, you know, that's no problem. They bring the Hennessy. They think, you know, you know I like a cup of Hennessy. <laughs> drink the whole bottle. You took it to the head. <laughs> uh. Smoking weed. She's like, yo, my, and we spoke about this years later. She's like, that day I was like, I'm fired on the first artist that I ever worked <laughs> with. <laughs> I'm going to get fired. And she said, yo, you did everything that you were supposed to do in that form, in that manner. And she said she couldn't believe how I did it. And it's just like, I look back now and I look at a bottle of fucking Billy Martin. I'm like, I don't believe I did that either. I don't believe how I was able to function. I'm a lightweight now. I didn't wine and shit. <laughs> no, a little sophist- a sophisticated palate yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm super light. I don't even drink dark liquor no more. I'm, I don't drink my wine and I'm good, you know, but I'm, you know, I'm on my health, my health nut now. You know, how, 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 how the world turns, you know, when you look back on it, man, it, it the memories of it all is, is, is dope, man. And I, and that's what I tell young artists all the time when they act, man, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy. Because I forget some of the accolades, some of the things that, you know, the platinum, the number one. That, that shit didn't register to me as much as it does to these artists nowadays. They're very conscious of all that stuff. We weren't. You know, I wasn't at least. I, You know, I just wanted to make dope music and 
we was doing that. And, you know, my, my heroes was, you know, fucking, fucking Metric Man and, and Red Man and EPMD. And, you know, they were going gold time. And I, that was my goal. You know, I wanted to go gold, hopefully, maybe platinum. But, you know, artists weren't doing that on the East Coast like that. So I tell all artists, man, enjoy, enjoy the journey, man. You know, live the dream, enjoy the journey. You do have an ode to ecstasy on the album. Yeah, for sure. And Nor on Drink Champs has mentioned about how he's seen you and then you make a hit right after that. <laughs> so like, talk about if you would like the ecstasy in the process of all this, also the creative process. You know, at a time I used to think, wow, you know, it's, it's the drugs giving me that extra, you know, zone I need to get into. But I feel like, you know, I, I've been there, done that. And, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of the elder statesman, you know, in, 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 in the game, one of them, you know, and it's time for me to pay it forward, you know, so I started Iconic Sound, you know, that's my my music uh, label, and, you know, I'm going to be getting a lot of new talent and, 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 and let them lead the way, and, and I'll play the background a little bit, but, you know, still constantly pushing, pushing, pushing the, the, the culture forward. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that makes these songs, you know, so relatable was that there was so much vulnerability even in these mainstream songs. Even when I go back and listen, there's a lot of talk about these places of, like, deep pain. What were you talking about? I've been through a lot in my life. I pull from those things. I don't I don't like to talk about my um, dark moments and painful things in my life because it's, it doesn't just affect me. It doesn't just hurt me. Like, I, you know... Just recently, I did um doc docu series and documentary, and you know when I see my mom I have to talk about certain things, it hurts. You know, I see I see my mom cry having to talk about certain things that you know is in our past and things that she went through and stuff like that. You know, it hurts, and I'm like, you know, I don't, I I don't want to keep dragging other people into my shit into my you know, whatever, because I'm really fine. You know, um, I've, I've self-therapied myself, <laughs> if that's the word, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> through the years. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm fully cured, but, you know, I'm happy, so that's all I can. I got to do my thing whenever I talk to a black man, a brother out there. Self-therapy is good. We got to get the professionals in there yeah. and do all that stuff, too. So I'm always an advocate of getting that hired help, for sure. Yeah, that was my little plug for therapy for everybody. Yeah, mental health is uh, it's the real thing, and it's important to keep your your, your sanity, your mind healthy. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, 
Priceline. What is a song on this album that you like? Six Feet Underground just ages perfectly for me. Like it just it sounds like come out now. It has the sample. It has the that sort of. Um, I don't know if Irv, Irv Gotti was like in a Kanye type of bag or something like that, but it has that <laughs> that little that chipmunk soul type of thing going on. But what is a song on this album that you feel um, ages really well or sort of sort of has that that value to it? I mean, the album, the album itself ages pretty well. I would have to say, um, you know, I I, 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 I don't know. Um, Put it on it ages very well. I mean, it's 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 aged like fine wine. Um, but you know, one of the reasons my music ages well, or has been aging well, is one relationships are always going to be relationships. People, you know, um, love will always be in the air. People will always want to be in love or. or in the process of in being in love or, you know, those things. And so those relationships records work for, for those reasons. But, <clears throat> you know, another conscious effort I made making my records was I never wanted to date my music in a way by putting a lot of cars in my music or, you know, references that would date my music. That was also something that I didn't like to do just as an artist because it wasn't me thinking about 20 years later, it was me thinking about a year later. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, uh, five right. years, two years later, like uh, next summer, this this record doesn't have the same feel because I rapped about something going on last summer in this record. You, you feel me? Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so I, I never wanted to do that in my records, and so I tried not to do that. That's why you don't hear me making references to like a lot of cars or or, or moments in time that happened, you know, and, and I'm, I don't I don't really do that too often in my music. Was there, like, I know these things are not, um, every album, every song on the album, you know, does, it's not perfect, it's been 20 years, like, there's some that, like, as a perfectionist, as an artist like yourself, there's some you go back, you're like, man, this drives me crazy when you go back and listen to it on something like 336. Um, a little bit, um, some certain things, like, uh, on Put It On Me. <laughs> Right. All right. What what about it? There's one spot and put it on. Okay. Me and I I listen to it to this day. Nobody else knows the record now, uh-huh. but um, I say uh, for for forever, forever be, forever be instead of forever be. Okay. <laughs> I've I never noticed like, that. Uh, forever be, pardon me, my body and soul. Yeah, and, and I never got to fix it <laughs> to forever. Uh-huh. So if you listen to it now, you'll probably be like, holy shit, he just, he says forever. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I am a um, perfectionist in the ways that I like to, you know, change little things and that things won't bother me. But over the years, I've, I've, I've come to be less of a perfectionist because nine times out of 10, you know, the, the consumer has no fucking idea what you're, stressing over you know it's 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 really just something that's the pet peeve of, of yours you know um if i turn you know change this to that it's such a small thing you guys would never notice it and you would probably party to it if it was that way or this you know but in my mind that one thing that i changed or one thing that i fixed 
that's why it's the hit that it is today. If I'd have left right. it the other way, it would have fucking worked. You might have fixed some. You might have changed something else around, and it, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been the same thing. That's bullshit. That's, that's not. That's not <laughs> <laughs> but I like to think that imperfectionists like to think that in their, in their mind. That's what's going on. Every record, I don't have many records that the world hasn't heard. Let's just say that. When I make them, they come out. <laughs> I don't have a lot of throwaway records, and 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 even records that didn't you know, come out for whatever reason. It wasn't because I didn't want to put them out. You know, you feel me? So, yeah, I really don't have any throwaways. I keep going back to XZ because I, I think it, to me, it, it does age like a single. But is there a song on here that you were like, if Put It On Me wasn't on here or you still had hits? That's a good question. Because, you know, there's a lot of records on the album that I wish I could have, um, this thing was for. Um, but back then it was different. You just didn't, you know, you couldn't do six singles. Like right now, if I drop Pain is Love right now, probably, I don't know, 10 of these records would have been on the chart. Were there any things that were originally a different type of song that made the album a different way or, you know, anything like that? There's one record that I, boy, man, I wish, I wish. I could have put it out. I feel like it would have been such a big hit. Even to this day, I feel like if I put it out, it would still be a big hit. Um, I um, sampled Prince's Pop Life. Mm, okay. And that was a no-go. <laughs> yeah, I called it the Thug Life. It was dope. It was, you know, um, it was, it was, it, it was kind of like my, you know, ode to, to Pac and, and sending, sending love to Pac. But it had my own Jaru touch on it, feel on it, and it was fucking so dope. And I I went to Prince and I tried to get it cleared, and and Prince, you know, he asked me if I own my own masters, and, right. shit. and I was like, I, I I don't. And he said, Well, when you when you get that situated, I'll clear it for you. I own all my shit now. Uh, uh, I know you. I know you're not here anymore, but uh. If 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 his uh if if, if his people are listening, man, I, w- I would love to get that record cleared. I, I think it'll still do well right now. <laughs> so he did the same thing to you. He did the Nas apparently, where he made you say you got to own a oh, mask yeah. before you give. Oh some- yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. What was it like? So you met him. You met Prince like face Absolutely. to face and Absolutely. hung out with oh, Prince. Oh, tell me, uh, tell me about man. tell me about hanging out with Prince. I need to know yeah. about hanging out with Prince. Hold you up. You know, it's funny. One one night, um, we we was having a he was having a party at his uh, house in L.A. And it was all at the club and shit. And then he took the party back to his house. And so when I get to the house, my my security guys are like my family. They're not really like security guys. You know, they're security, they're big guys in security. But those are my, they're my guys, they're my family. So we get to the crib and Prince and security is like, hey, Ja, Prince don't want no security in, in the house. So if you come, in, you come hang out and everybody can come hang out, but we don't want no other security besides his security in the house. So, you know me, I'm like, I want to hang out with Prince. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my, my security was so, my man Freddie was so mad at me, man. But but yeah, I went <laughs> in and, and hung out with Prince. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and we had a good time, man. It was a lot of people there, a lot of artists there. He he liked to, you know, throw those type of shindigs at his, at his spot and, and party it up. He was a cool dude, man. Really, really good dude. Y'all didn't hoop, though. Y'all didn't hoop, right? 
We did not hoop, man. After I seen that, that, that Dave Chappelle shit, I'm like, damn, I wish I'd have got the hoop with Prince or the vote. Right. But yeah, we, we didn't hoop. <laughs> I want to talk about Ashanti a little bit. As a fan, when Ashanti came around, it was like, Ja Rule, you got a little mo. You got like, why do you even need anybody else to do this? But like, I, clearly, it, it becomes the thing where you realize what she brings. I want to give you a second to sort of, even though she's not on this album, talk about the uniqueness and and give Ashanti her flowers, um, and talk about what she brings to to you in the in the art. That's baby sis, man. I you know I love when I first met Ashanti. She you know she used to come to the studio diligent every day. Workhorse. And, I, you know, to me, that's the most important thing, you know, um, when, when opportunity meets preparation, you know, that's that's when you have the most success. And she was getting her opportunity, you know, and she was prepared every time. And I love that about Ashanti. It's crazy how things come about because I was such a big artist at the time and I'm, I have this record, you know, and then and, and was like, yo, we get Brandy on it, you know, or we put you know, let's, let's, let's call up Leash Keys, get, you know, let's get Beyonce. He, you know, he's uh, he's thinking, you know, we didn't have all the success in the world. You know, now he's like, shit, let's keep crack going. And I'm like, oh, you know, she's dope. She's in the studio every night. She just did the big pun record. You know, I'm like, but she didn't have a vision. She didn't have a visual with the big pun record. Like, her voice was on it, but they didn't do it. They did like some funny little video. And the digital, yeah. Uh-huh. And so, um, I you know I was like I you know I was like yo come on let's give the 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 the, the, new, the new the new sister a shot and we did we did that and I've been on that vibe since um, Rule Three Three Six like you know giving new artists that that look you know what I mean I was uh, it was like if I'm if I felt like if I'm getting all of these spins at radio and you know I'm, we're we're doing such big things on the label and as as and I'm doing such big things as artists let's let's give new artists that look and that love you know and I, you know it's funny I just seen a clip of that of me saying actually saying that on um uh the basement with 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 Big Tigger and I was talking about Christine Milan I couldn't even pronounce her name at the time I was like Milan Milan <laughs> <laughs> And, and I was talking about, you know, that vibe of Route 56 and how I wanted to give new artists that 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 look and, and, and you know, working with artists that hadn't had their whole shine yet. And that, that, was, that was just who I was as an artist. And, and so Ubani was no different. And then we had that chemistry from day one. Always on time. Record came out amazing. And then we shot the video. The, the visual of me and I was, was, was money. You know, and so everything, everything just went from there. It was like record after record. Like, you know, we couldn't miss. You just, just give them two a record to do together. Give them a beat. Let John do the record. Let him do whatever the fuck. And it's going to come out of smash. And then it was, it was that, you know. And she's still doing it. Her, she's got just dropped a new yeah. single. With, yeah, she yeah, just she dropped still... a new shit, a new record. And she's still out here moving. I'm still out here moving. You know, it's good to it's good that we still look good in our form, right. which <laughs> right, is important. Right, yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely shout out to Ashanti's Instagram page. I want to give you some space to talk about what you're doing now and the artists that you're bringing up and things like that and your new sort of endeavors also. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm out here just working. You know, um, I, I created a new platform, my icon platform, and it's, it's you know, it's growing right now. I'm, 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 I want it to be one of the biggest companies in the world. That's my that's my goal, you know. Um, 
And, you know, we we taking baby steps. We're walking it down. You know, um, I got my Icon app. It's in the Apple App Store right now. You know, you can download that. And it's, it's, it's social appy. It's about to be more social appy in a little bit. You know, um, I'm, I'm adding more features to it. Um, but right now, you can, you know, I, I created it for content creators. We need some. We need some, man. Twitter about to be Twitter about to be struggling. We need something to go to. Yeah, man. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, listen, man. I, you know, you you don't do a lot on Icon. You know. Um, All right. Okay. But um, you can go there now and and get in the Apple App Store and you can have six people on uh, on the screen at one time and get tips in real time to pick your events. You know, you know, all types of stuff like that. All kinds of cool stuff like that. And then I also created um, Icon Media, my Icon Network, which is in the Apple TV store. And and that, I tackle uh, original content. And so I, I've created a dope series of my Vibes Concert series where I take iconic artists and maybe the classic albums, you know, with a live band. Really, really dope, you know, telling the stories behind the music, what they were going through when they were making that classic album, you know, shit like that. So, you know, I did the first one. Um, I did my album, Pain is Love. I'll be doing more. I'll probably do Rule 36 okay. down the line, and I'll probably do... Uh, I'm coming. I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up for the Rule 336 concert. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll let you know. And, I, and I'll probably do Vinny uh, Benavici eventually. But okay. in, in the meantime, I've been doing it with other artists. Um, I did uh, Raekwon and Ghost. They did Only Built for Cuban Links, which was okay. out of this world. One of the top right, right. 500 fucking hip-hop album. Top 500 album, period, of all time by Rolling Stone. Um, and then, uh, like, the big guy came. He did Long Live the King, which was amazing. He fucking killed it. Right. And then uh, next week, I'm doing uh, Rock M. He's doing Paid Before. So, Ooh, you know, okay. we, yeah, we keeping these things rolling, man. And I got a bunch of other artists coming in season two of, of okay. Vibes Concert Series. So y'all get ready. And so who who would be now if 106 and Park were out now, who would be the current? You were the undisputed all-time king of 106 yeah. and Park. You know, maybe, maybe you know, you and Bow Wow could fight over it or something like that. But yeah. who right now would be the undisputed current king of 106 and Park? Oh, shit. Maybe Lil Baby, probably. Lil Baby, okay. Yeah, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe Uzi Brother. I mean, uh, mm. uh, you know, these... these these dudes are like little rock stars, man. Like they, right. they rock stars in their own way. So, uh, it made my brother Raekwon calling me right now. <laughs> <laughs> tell Raekwon to hop on the pod. We gonna talk. We can talk Cuban links with, with him. Tell him. Tell him. It's, tell him it's a good time. <laughs> ah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I tell him. I tell him. I tell him. Want to talk about the verse a little bit? Were you when you were getting on that stage? You know, you have dealt with a lot. You've dealt with a lot in terms of like perception things like that. Was there any nervousness about getting on that stage? And like reminding folks, like I said, pulled everybody's little card that they were trying to, you know, spend years trying to deny. But were, was there any nervousness about, you know, going out there reminding folks who Ja Rule is? At that point, a verse is that it had become a performance. And I'm no more at home than I am right now when I'm on that stage. And so I couldn't wait. <laughs> Real quick question for you. Rabbit Fire, three of them. What's your favorite Ja Rule verse of all time? Maybe Imagine. Ooh, okay. Uh-huh. Why is that? I don't know if you ever heard that. Um, it's just a dope verse. I mean, I've got, man, I got some really dope verses. Um, 
that I love personally, but that one is just just dope on um, because it's it's it's, it's over to uh, Snoop and Dre. Imagine one of my other verses that I wrote. I love so much that I was just I'm just talking about me in general, like what I've been through the whole time. You know, um, it's just a dope verse. It's on a, um, a record called uh, Press On with mm. with me and Mary J. Glide. And it's, okay. uh, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's unreleased, but it's okay. a really dope verse. Put it on, you got to put on some B-sides, man. You got to drop it. Yeah, them, I got I got I to gotta drop some B-sides. <laughs> Finally, on, on the album snippets, what's your favorite ad-lib? Hey, man. And I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got I guess it. That might be one of them, man. Yeah. All right. Last question is the question I ask everybody uh, before they go. What's one song from another artist that you wish was your song? <laughs> so many records out here. I, um, I always wanted to make a dope record for my mom after you know I heard "Dear Mama" by Pac. That is like the the the, the holy grail of you know mother records and shit. I always wanted to do a dope one, but I never did it, you know. Um, so probably be a mama. <laughs> we know that's that's sort of it's sort of hard to do, like to talk about your mother, you know, because it's so personal. It's like as yeah. probably as personal relationships you can have, so it's, yeah. it's hard to execute, you know. And make it like a hit, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to do nothing lame and corny and shit, you know. You want to make right, it right. sentimental, loving, but still have that thing where it's like, wow, that was really dope. It's hard. It is hard to do. You know who did it well also? Drake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess you got to, um, having conversations with mom. That's, a, that's another dope. Well, man, thank you, Ja Rule. This is a dream come true. Like I said, when we first had the idea for this podcast, I was like, I got to get Ja Rule. We got to talk 336. Because I think, you know, there's so much, you know, your career has been tremendous. But I think we need to really... You know, it's important that we talk about acknowledge you as an artist, like as a musical artist and the things you've done on the tracks and, you know, the way you've constructed this this really incredible music that's defined so much of my life. So I am so honored and happy that you have been here. Yo, much love, y'all. This podcast is produced by Podville Media for Anscape, a Black-led media platform dedicated to creating, highlighting, and uplifting diverse Black stories. Anscape where blackness is infinite. Dina Morrison is the series producer. Our production team, Brittany Danielle, Rob Spiewak, Lenika Belfield-Martin, Ethan Sands, and Eli Nellis. The series was edited by Stephen Williams, Kelsey Johnson, and Rob Ford. Executive producers, Steve Reese, Elizabeth Elson, and Oscar Zabayos. Raina Kelly is Anscape's Vice President and Editor-in-Chief. David Oku created the original artwork for the series. Special thanks to Tracy Smith, Mike Shahade, Rami Mogadam, Katie Lawson, Beth Stoikov, Anna Grambling, Ashley Melfi, John Gotti, Kelly Evans, Ryan Broadhead, and Kevin Wilson. And I'm your host, David Dennis Jr. Thank you for listening.